What's up, everybody? This is, what's today? Today is Wednesday. It's the 23rd of September. This is Real Time with Prince Blue. I'm telling you guys, some one day I'm going to get some, some theme music because every good black man deserves his own theme music. I, I, found, I heard that somewhere. I think it was I'm going to get you sucking, but. I want to get some theme music. I just don't want to get sued. So um, if y'all got some ideas for some good uh, entrance music or music while y'all wait for me to come live, please uh, send me your suggestions um, and then we'll do that. But um, like I said, thank you for joining me. Um, I have a great show for y'all today. What up, Sean? It's my guy doing doing big things, man. Um, Today we have a good show. Um, we're going to start off, of course, with some Eagles talk because like any bad relationship, you're always talking about the bad ones instead of the good ones. And right now, me and the Eagles are not on good terms. We're not. Um, the Eagles WAP can't keep me happy. They just can't. I, I don't know what to do, man. I It just ain't hitting like it used to. Like, I... I, you know, he came to the season. I was all excited and nothing. Absolutely nothing. So um, we're going to talk about that. Um, I want to start off with. Um, I got sort of like a. Um, no, I'm not going to start off with that because I want to get. uh I want to I want a chance to really analyze what I'm going to say to this clown that kept for some reason he just I'm on his mind like he like I think I have a stalker y'all so we're going to get into that but first of all I want to talk about the Eagles and the 0 and 2 start which I don't know I asked like who's to blame and if I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan, and I was here through the Donovan McNabb years. The man got blamed for everything. Even if a fan's hot dog roll was too hard, Donovan got the blame. So I'm going to lay this 0-2 start at the feet of Carson Wentz. Um. Everybody knows I'm a huge Carson Wentz fan. Like, I defend the guy. But that ginger bastard, he done pissed me off these past two games. Like, dude is legit, like, playing like he's a damn rookie. And I know he know better. So, I don't, I, I can't tell you. This is the same guy that people kept saying he never got anything less than an A in uh, high school or college. Well, that's good if you want to be a fucking engineer, but you are you are a quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. You could be dumb as a box of glazed donuts. Just play well. I don't give a damn about you getting getting anything lower than an A. What I care. I'm not asking you to do my homework. I'm asking you to win goddamn football games. I don't care about no damn A. Like people brag about stuff like that. I'm like, okay. Like my boy, Chris Rock, that's like when people 
That's when people brag about take care of their kids. You supposed to, you dumb motherfucker. You supposed to take care of your kids. You supposed to, you supposed to get good grades in school. Like, who, who cares? I'm not interviewing you for a law firm. And Carson Wentz get A's. He ain't getting anything less than A. Okay. Where's those A's getting me now, Carson Wentz? We 0 and 2. What you gonna do to uh what you gonna trick the cornerbacks with with calculus? Man, the shit that people bring up when it comes to sports. Like, I don't like sports is sports. Like, I don't I don't care about a person's the only thing I care about when you and that's barely like sometimes you just got pieces of shit that play any sport and you just can't get behind them. So that's that. But far as Carson Wentz and these damn these things like he built houses in Haiti and he got his AO1 foundation. Hey man, listen. If I ever in Haiti and I need a house with some running water, Carson, you my man. You my dog. If I need if I need a prayer on a collection plate or something, AO1, I'm coming for you. But right now, I need you to fucking complete a pass. I don't need running water in Haiti, even though that's nice. Don't get me wrong. Don't be mad at me, Haitian people. Y'all can have running water. But I'm just saying, Carson Wentz was the number two overall pick. And he just got beat by the number one overall pick, Doll Hands. Jared Goff last week, and he didn't look good at all, and I'm pissed off. So if you ask me who do I blame for this horrific-ass start, it starts at Carson Wentz. It starts at the quarterback. And then it goes right to the feet of Howie Roseman. For y'all to know, Howie Roseman is the GM. Before that, he was the person on the Lucky Charms box. He was the person that did the commercials. He's the person that's at the end of the rainbow when it rains. That's who Howie Roseman is. Other than that, right now, he's the GM of the Philadelphia Eagles, and he sucks at it. He can't draft. He couldn't find. Like, Howie Roseman's the type of dude that he will go to the hood to find the most baddest football player, and he'll pick the dude from uh, punk-ass prep university, the one that get all A's. He would skip over the dude with dreads that's hungry as shit and ready to ready to run through his own mama to put food on her table. No, 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 no. How he gets the guy like J.J. Ortega Whiteside, who his mama held an umbrella over his head at training camp. A gr- First of all, a grown-ass man with his mama at training camp. This ain't peewee football. You don't get orange slices. And, and and nectarines after the game, you're a grown-ass man getting millions of dollars. Why is your mama holding an umbrella over your head? First of all, who the fuck are you? Like, first of all, I don't even like saying your name because the shit too damn long, but you don't deserve a nickname. So I, I, I guess they just call you J-Jaw. Need to call you fuck off, because that's what you be doing. You've been fucking off since you got here. 
I got to watch DK Metcalf, all six foot four, 230 pounds, 2% body fat, dominate in Seattle with Russell Wilson. But who do we got? We got the dude from Stanford that is so hot in the fall that his mama got to hold the umbrella over his head. Over, like my boy said, said, over those curls that they just don't curl. They don't curl all the way over. Like, he the first person to wear a wave cap with a jerry curl because his curls are terrible. But I guess that's what the umbrella is for, for saving his damn, saving his damn curls because he ain't for being a damn football player. Uh, Tim said, if the Eagles don't win the next game, uh, will I shave my beard to break the funk? No. But I'll shave your sister's beard to break the funk. <laughs> yeah. How about that? <laughs> but, no. So, Howie Roseman, dude, like, you want, you want the last say when it comes to drafting players? You, you need to draft the right fucking players, man. Like, what are you doing? Like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, our left tackle is our left tackle is out, and by all accounts, soft as uh baby shit. Then we got to keep going out and paying these guys to play. We we was held hostage by Jason Peters. Because you can't draft. Did you keep investing in defensive line? And I could get more sacks than the defensive line right now. Like I like this team is just this team is just so screwed. Um but like like I said, like all bad relationships, guess what I'ma do? I'm going to be right there cheering them on. You go, baby. I love you. I know you cheated on me a thousand times. And you be teasing me and you be telling me you're going to take me out, but you don't never take me out. But for some reason, I'm just going to keep I'm just going to keep putting my faith in you. Like one of those dumbass chicks that be holding dudes down <laughs> that don't hold them down. That's 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 what I'm, that's what I'm like with the Eagles. Like I'm going to keep holding them down, yo. The Eagles, like, they put stuff on my books. Like, they take care of me. You know what I'm saying? Like, they call me sometimes and make me feel like I'm the only one. I know I'm not the only one because I see everybody else. Like, when the Eagles mess up, a lot of other people be upset. I'm like, why y'all upset? That's my woman. My woman messed up. Why y'all more upset than me? But that's how it is. So, the Eagles, man... That 0-2 start, y'all, listen, y'all better fix that shit. I ain't going to keep putting on this damn jersey every damn uh, every damn Sunday just to want to jump off the bridge in it. Oh, my brother Black, who's a Falcant fan, just chimed in. He said, because they suck. He said the Eagles suck. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, they – the Eagles suck right now, but I have faith that they will turn it around in 28 days. You know that number 28, don't you? 
<laughs> we all know the number 28 when it comes to the Falcons. <laughs> 28 to 3. Man, the Falcons, man, the Falcons embarrass everybody so bad. Even T.I. changed the zip code. <laughs> man, them Falcons fans, they was they was cheering. They was all on Twitter. They was like, yo, we won. We won. Do the dirty bird. Do the dirty bird. Do the dirty bird. <laughs> I looked at my Twitter. I said, God damn, the Patriots came back. What the... Uh-oh. <laughs> man, I, but I swear to God, man. Falcons fans should get uh they should get a trophy for 28 and 3. Cause that shit, man, listen, ain't nobody ever gonna do that again. That shit belongs in the Hall of Fame. Like, like here lies the Atlanta Falcons, 28 to 3. Almost had it. <laughs> and inside the case should be a huge dildo. <laughs> That's the trophy for the Falcons. Falcons fans, you know you can't talk no shit about my Eagles. We closed the deal against Bill Belichick and Tom Brady with our backup. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> so, that's my thing um, about the whole Eagles situation. Uh, you know, I just, I'm trying to figure out, like, what else is there that needs to be done? I mean, I think they're – I hate to say that they're close because that – I'll probably be lying. But I just think they're just off on a little – on just the, the little things. If they could just change that around, then we'll be all good. But other than that, man, I just hope – I just hope that they just get their act together, man, because I – I can't take it no more. I can't take it. I can't take it. I can't take it. And it's going to be, it's going to be some, it's going to be some rough days if they don't, if they don't get it, if they don't get it together. Cause Philly, we, we have nothing. We have nothing. The Flyers is out. The Phillies is trying to make it. The Sixers is about to hire. Oh, about to hire a guy who has never won shit and he wants people to jack up threes and he don't have the team for that. So, um, all we got is the Eagles. <laughs> we all we got, we all we need, right, Brandy Graham? Need to hurry that shit up because I, I can't take it no more, man. Um, got to figure this stuff out and we got to figure it out fast because if we don't, then we're all gonna be we're all gonna be screwed right now. And I don't wanna keep I don't wanna keep going through this crap. But with that being said, um sports is ultimately uh is supposed to be a distraction for us. But is it really a distraction? I mean uh every time I turn on the NBA, I got a big old I got names, I got equality dunking on 
say your name. I got uh I got uh uh all these other cats dunking on all these other cats. So I'm like, I like I don't even know if it's a distraction anymore. But speaking of distraction, I told y'all I had a guest for y'all. I got my boy way from Los Angeles. Great dude, diehard fan. He gonna bounce. He gonna give me his takes on everything, and then we just gonna go back and forth, and we gonna we gonna have some fun. So my man, the one and only Chip Reederson, is here with me, and we gonna do this, and we gonna we gonna have some we gonna have some real talk up in here because we can't. Ain't no sugarcoating on this damn show. I done told y'all. Y'all y'all gonna either like it or don't like it and listen or still gonna listen. So here we go. My man, Chip. What's going on? What's up, Chip? What's going on, man? I had to wear my mask because I can't afford to pay a one hundred thousand dollar fine and shit. So uh, you know, <laughs> I, I gotta be wearing my mask, but <laughs> Oh man, get out of here. Yeah. Hey, social distancing, yo. You gotta wear your mask on this show because we won't play that. But uh what's up, brother? How you been? Oh man, doing okay. What do you hear? What do you say? You know? <laughs> man, listen, I'm looking first of all, man, you looking slim. Like I don't know what you've been doing, man. You need to give me you need to give me your diet tips. But just talking about the raggedy eagles and Who's to blame for this 0-2 start? And you told me you got somebody you want to blame. Uh, talk to me. Who, who's to blame for this 0-2 start? I mean, I'm with you. I'm, the only one I would add to your list of two would be Jim Schwartz. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but no, nah, number 11, I mean, he's first and foremost. Well, I might put Howie first, but I want to stick with the guys on the field. And, I mean, let's talk about when. He had a great first half in week one. and. Full disclaimer, people that don't know me, I'm not a let's bench Wentz guy. I love Carson Wentz. I'm not trying to get Jalen Hurts in there. I'm just saying my man has been trash the first two weeks of the season. I mean, I what was I can't stand Chris Spielman, but he was saying the other day during the game, I think of the eight sacks Carson took in week one, he held the ball for more than four seconds on six of them. You can't do that shit in this league. And then this, you know, People talking about, oh, Doug couldn't hold the lead. What the hell was he supposed to do? Run the ball with Boston Scott and Corey Clement? Sorry, uh, Shantae's mom. Or Levi's <laughs> mom, Shantae. But, um, but uh, I mean, 40 minutes of ground and pound with a couple of backup running backs? What the hell are we supposed to do? And then in week two, everybody, oh, why wasn't he throwing the ball down the field? Doug saw how trash the offensive line was in week one. You want to take seven-step drops and throw bombs at Deshaun all day when Carson can't even hit a damn 10 freaking yard pass? I mean, the game plan was fine. The execution sucked. They were supposed to be hitting short, quick passes for the yards after the catch. They weren't getting the yards after the catch. They ran the ball well. Nobody can bitch about that. I mean, this week, I mean, Carson was bad, but yeah, I mean, Drop a steaming deuce, Odell Beckham style, right on Jim Schwartz's head. <laughs> his chest, his chest. Well, yeah. OBJ I mean, likes it on his chest. Yeah, but I mean, he, Schwartz, nah, chest isn't good enough for him. He needs it on the head. But <laughs> listen, you already know how I feel about Jim Schwartz. I think he's overrated. I think the media 
sucks the skin off his McNuggets in his town. And I believe that he should have been gone three years ago. And Brandon Graham personally extended his contract with that strip sack in the Super Bowl. The yeah. biggest game of Jim Schwartz career, he gave up two miles to uh uh Tom Brady and uh Bill Belichick. He thought that his best plan of action was to let Tom Brady complete balls all the way down the field. Oh, it was now that may work. Now that may work for a prostitute to complete balls, but you don't let Tom Brady <laughs> complete balls up and down the damn field like that. Like we all watch that game. If this and this is why I'm so bullish on Doug. If Doug, if you want to include Frank Wright and uh, Nick Foles wasn't otherworldly that night, we would have lost that game. Absolutely, we wouldn't have lost it twenty-eight to three. But we would lost the game. Shout out to my Falcons fans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they so uh, salty. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> so, yeah. re, with that being said, man, like, I often, we always get asked the question. You see it on the timeline all the time. Uh, people be like, um, was the Super Bowl worth it? Was the Eagles Super Bowl worth it? You go ahead and give your answer, then I'm going to get mine. What's the Super Bowl worth everything that we're going through right now? Absolutely. And I think only a young person would say otherwise. I mean, me, I'm going to be 40 next May. I mean, mm. I've been an Eagles fan for as long as I can remember. You know, my memories go back to when I'm five or six or whatever. You know, I mean, I remember those Buddy Ryan teams. And, you know, us older folks, we've been through the shit. And I'm not just talking the McNabb era and all those disappointments of the NFC Championship games and the Super Bowl and all of that. I'm talking going back to the freaking 80s. And, I mean, people, you know, I mean, some of our friends like Rob and David on the timeline, they go back further than us. And they had to go, you know, through that whole pre-Dick Vermeil era where from basically the 1960 championship, to when Vermeil came in there, it was a decade and a half of dog shit that they had to endure. So mm -hmm. it's like, nah, I'll take my one damn Super Bowl. And no, it doesn't look good now because I'll tell you, if they don't turn this thing around quick, Howie's shitty drafting has put us in a bad position because we're guilty of what a lot of teams do. I mean, and the Philadelphia Phillies did it after they won the World Series. You hang on to your star players for too damn long. And that's what championship teams tend to do. You get attached, you keep guys too long, you pay them too much money, and you get yourself in trouble. But with us... Every... Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was going to say everybody but the Patriots. <laughs> yeah, you know what? And uh, you remember the first player they cut that they caught a blast of shit about after they started winning championships was Lawyer Malloy. Everybody mm -hmm. shit their pants. When they got rid of Lawyer Malloy, he went to Atlanta, I believe, and did nothing. And the Patriots just kept winning. Mm hmm. Absolutely. Oh. And my answer on that <laughs> listen, and, and like my boy Prez always asks, is a pig's you know what pork? Yes. <laughs> it was absolutely <laughs> worth it. Uh, <laughs> listen, we all, we've all had those. Those prayers where we were like, listen, I'll give you my firstborn. Listen, if you do it, I'll never do this again. If you do this, I'll, I'll do this. I'll do that. 
Listen, you all know the 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 meme that was going around when they show the NFC East champions all the rings, and then when it gets to us, it's ring pops. We all seen that. I don't have to see that meme anymore. And now our passion can match us being champ being a championship uh city. So now before it was like Philly's known for passion, 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 always the bridesmaid. Now it's like we got our ring. Now people are so pissed, they like, yeah, but you only got one. Okay. The Falcons fans ain't got none. Yep. <laughs> T.I. is back to being the number one thing about Atlanta. That and among other things. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got so I ain't even going to get into that. I got a quick story. Quick story, my man. I swear to God, 2013, the morning before the number five loves you game, I went to Ben Franklin's grave and tossed change on his gravestone, as many people do. And I wished for an Eagle Super Bowl. And the first mm -hmm. thing I did when I went to Philly about a week after they won it, I went the day after the parade. I went straight to Ben Franklin's freaking grave to say thank you. I swear to God. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. Hey, listen. I, I understand. Like, yep. man, I can't tell you. Like, I got so tired of, like, my aunt's a Dallas fan. My cousin, uh, Avion, he's a Patriots fan. My mother-in-law's a Steelers fan. So I had championships all around me. So when Thanksgiving come, I'll be sitting there and everybody be like, ah, and I'll be like, man, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I was with my family the year when Mark Sanchez played. I remember we was like, oh, we got this. Yep. Shit the bed after that. Oh, down um, here. Just, just shit. I'm talking about OBJ, Mr. Bed, shit. That's what we did that year. And I just, it was that time. It was my moment where I was like, it's never going to happen for me. I'm just going, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen for my dad. You know, my dad going to lead his earth, not seeing his, his Eagles win the championship. I just felt, I just felt so bad. But because of that guy, that, all shucks guy that the media likes to take stabs at and think they're smarter than him because of a stupid press conference. That guy brought a championship here. Um, so that's why I'm around with that guy. And while we're on the subject, uh, uh, Doug Peterson, you and I, you, me, Nicole, and maybe a couple other people, we're, 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 we're team crusher. Yep. And you see the shit that he takes day in and day out. Not only from the fans, but from the media. Um, what is? Do you think the um, the criticism is a is over is an overreaction, or do you think that it's warranted? Um, you know, we just I think as a whole, with a few exceptions, we just have a very salty local media group, and I think a part of it is is our front office, you know, whether it's Doug or whether it's the front office, honestly, I think in most cases it's the front office. I think, you know, Howie has his friends in the media and he likes to leak his shit out there. But, um, but Doug, I don't think not as much. And even a lot of the beat writers will tell you when they have Doug one-on-one -on -one or out on the practice field, 
he's a lot more laid back, you know, a lot more casual. And I mean, he'll, he'll give you a little more, mm-hmm. but there's also a little bit of an understanding with, you know, it's like, if you abuse that privilege and say some things you're not supposed to be saying, he's going to cut you off. But in mm-hmm. that press conference setting, I just think he doesn't want to do it. He, I mean, kind of like Belichick, he's only up there cause he has to be. So he goes up there, he goes through the motions, he feeds them a lot of bullshit, and they resent it. And, you know, to a point, I understand because, I mean, that's their job. It's their job to answer the, to ask the damn questions. But I also think by now they should know that most coaches are going to feed you shit. I mean, they got a game to play on Sunday. They're not going to give away anything. And, I mean, and you'd have to be a dumbass to do so. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and it's – and we're not always great with the messaging either. I mean, when they run Doug up there to, you know, answer questions about Mike Grow and things like that, and then obviously they haven't had the team meeting yet. So then Doug goes and meets with Howie and Jeff, and they say, oh, no, we got to get rid of these guys. So then the next day, Doug looks like a chump. So, you know, it's it's an organizational thing, too. Now, as far as the fans go, we're Eagles fans. Well, I mean, we're going to find something to bitch about no matter what. And it's, you know, you got to blame somebody. And the coach is always the easy target. And to be fair, as much as I'd like to string Howie up right now, I mean, it's, you know, it's easier to blame the front office and the coach than it is your favorite player. I mean, you can't go mm-hmm. buy a Howie Roseman jersey. But, you mm-hmm. know, so it's like, I'd rather shit on Howie Roseman than Carson Wentz because I just bought Carson Wentz's jersey for 99 bucks on Fanatics. So, a lot of it is that. Yeah, um, Doug to me is a guy that he he came into this town not being the guy, and I think a few media members they can't erase that. The fact that he pretty much, as you say, as you eloquently put, takes it. He took his pot so out. And put it over all they foreheads and said, <laughs> "Here's my Super Bowl. You still think I'm qualified?" And I think some of them can't. They can't erase that, and they legit think because he's a good old boy and he's an all shucks guy that they take that as I'm smarter than him. I know the game better than him, and they still hold the fact that he was a backup to yeah. that. When the fact that a lot of your Super Bowl coaches never played the game. Yep. Never played the game. So yeah. why are you holding Doug's uh, playing days against him when other guys at different positions, you don't say that? So I think people just have their heel about Doug, and they're going to constantly die on it. And it's just so weird that – because remember, that year after Doug won, you couldn't – they really couldn't say much because it's like – Dude, he just won a Super Bowl. You really sound like a dumbass right now. But it was a few that tried it that was mm-hmm. like, you know, is he the guy long term? Did he bottom out? So now the vultures are out. They're like, yeah, 0-2, yeah, we could get Doug. And I'll tell you, you know, when he first got here, too, I think some of our fans, I mean, especially some of the older ones, they still had PTSD with Doug because, I mean, they still just – they remember Doug as – the guy that sucked ass as the starting quarterback in 1999. You know, it's like, I mean, when we hired him, that's what they associate Doug Peterson's name with. It's, you know, mm-hmm. oh, that guy that sucked in 99 and got benched by, well, I, 
McNabb was in by week two, but he was the full-time starter, I think, by week 10. And, I mean, and Doug was bad, don't get me wrong, but that whole team sucked. I mean, it was Deuce Daly, a pretty decent defense, and a whole bunch of crap. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to think, you know. But then, I mean, the following year even, it was, I mean, you had Chad Lewis and Darnell Autry, and how the hell McNabb dragged that team to the playoffs, I still am. I mean, that may have been one of McNabb's top three seasons right there when it when you look at the uh, personnel he had around him. But, uh, but yeah, I just think, you know, like I said, it's just I, I think there's just this whole negative connotation with Doug Peterson, you know, going back to his playing days. And like you say, I mean, when we had, I think it was six major coaching candidates. And for a lot of people, he was six of six. I mean, people, I mean, you know who, Adam Gase is bad enough because he's been a clown since he took over as head coach. But do you remember mm-hmm. who the first thirst trap was for Eagles Twitter to be the head coach? It was, um, wasn't it, um, it wasn't Gus Bradley, was it? Oh, no, that was with Chip Kelly. Huh? Hugh effing Jackson. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember. They wanted, like, Hugh Jackson, <laughs> Tom Coughlin. Yeah. Like, uh, what the fuck? Hashtag Hugh Crew. (laughs) Tom Coughlin is still calling people Amani Toomer. Dude was that old. He was like, yo, I I plan on uh, letting Amani Toomer have intermediate routes. And they was like, "Uh, Tom, we don't have Amani Toomer. Amani Toomer does no longer play. (laughs) That's how it was. Like, come on. Ben McAdoo, like, we was desperate. Yeah, like, Ben, ben McAdoo, oh man. My favorite Tom Coughlin, you remember the Tom Coughlin story about how, after they fired him, he still had keys to the weight room, so he was showing up every day at the Giants facility to work out and just make everybody <laughs> feel awkward. <laughs> and that's shit that Tom would do, yo. Tom, yeah. Let me tell you something. Tom's a crafty so old bastard. He's a crafty old bastard. He didn't care, man. He didn't care, man. So, but, oh, that, oh man, that, yeah, but that, man, it just shows you how good we have it. I'm not saying settle and keep, you know, I'm not saying Brett Brown is thing, but Doug Peters is nowhere near Brett Brown. Like, Doug just got to, like, Andy came in as a hell of a play caller. Um. He just had like Andy say what you want, man. He's a dude. Dude could call plays. I yeah. think Doug's still trying to fill it. I mean, he's still trying to fill his way out, and it just so happened he won a title early. So now it's like okay, people are expecting him to evolve, and I'm like, well, shit. He still was an infant in his play calling. Really, that's why he leaned on Frank Reich a lot. Um, you know, and I think. I think Doug still needs that. I think Doug needs somebody with some experience in this league next to him. I still don't like the idea of him not having an OC. Um, I still think he needs somebody that can keep him in check sometimes because I get it. You want a Super Bowl, so you're like, I could do whatever. But now that you don't have it, guess what? The darts are coming at you, Doug, and there's there's no OC to blame it on now. So, yeah. you know, he needs to be checked. No, yeah, this whole committee thing they got going where, you know, they got like four or five advisors, you know, working with Doug. And it's like, nah, man, this ain't it. And mm-hmm. I mean, when they, 
just, I mean, the fact that they are employing Marty Morningwig again is like a Marty Morning Pig, as I call him. It's like, man, we're really going down this road again. It went yeah. so well last time, you know. <laughs> so, I'm Marty Morningwig, who got fired because he wanted Lamar Jackson to be a wide receiver. He's a dummy. But, um, Let's let's have some fun, shit. Let's 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 get the people back here. Enough with that that Eagles talk. Um, I put Jose as a topic, and for those who like Fat Joe, he had an album called Jose. And uh, you remember the acronym for Jose, Reederson? Oh man, it's been a while. It was jealous ones, uh, still envy. And I bring that up because. It's it it pretty much turned into a punchline now when people be like, "Yo, why you hating? Why you hating? Why you hating?" Like, pretty much everybody hating on everybody. That's what you like to say when somebody says something that's not status quo. Is why you hating? Why you hating? Well, I say that too because um, last night I had a a guy on Twitter. I don't even know where the hell he came from, but he looks like a cross between Carlton Banks. A 7-Eleven owner uh, and a bad mustache, uh, a joke mustache salesman. That's what he looks like. So jumble that up and you'll get a picture of this guy. And for some reason, he just came for me last night. He was so upset. He was like, yo, yo, how popular is your show? Show me your numbers. Show me your numbers. If you even make it to episode six, you know, Show me your numbers. Nobody's listening to your podcast. And for some reason, he thought calling me Officer Winslow was an insult. Calling me a divorced cop was an insult. Like, I was like, um, I was trying to think, like, should I even give him the time of day? Because a lot of my family always told me, they was like, if you give people energy, then they've won. But I love my family, but fuck that. Like, I feel like being petty today. So, um, Mr. On the Nest or whatever the fuck your raggedy ass podcast is called, I checked it out and you have 2.3 ratings. And the one guy says, man, I was laughing so hard, but it was the only thing that was on, on, uh, on podcast at the time. So you coming for me. When your podcast is a joke, your whole premise is a joke. Like you, you've been on Twitter for fifteen years, and you got two hundred followers. I had two hundred cookies yesterday. I have more cookies than you got followers. Like how you be on a social media platform for that long, and have that many people? And I bet you two hundred and five of them are porn bots. So. When you come for me, you best not miss, and you made a terrible mistake thinking that you could just come to me and think you could just talk your shit. You think you can assault me and call me a divorced cop? No. You know what you need to call me? You need to call me retired cop, because look up there. You see that badge? I earned that, motherfucker. You see that? You see that diploma right there? You see that degree? I own that. Oh, yeah, the master degree is downstairs waiting to get framed. Fuck you talking about, guy. Like, I know this pandemic got y'all thinking y'all could just say whatever the hell y'all want and thinking it'd be no repercussions. Like, dog, like, 
this whole flying freeze and shit like that, it ain't gonna last forever. And let me tell you something. Let me let me give you a some quick advice about black Twitter. This is where I love my black people. We are so fucking creative when we are motivated. So creative. Why do you think when people say some fucked up shit the next day, their job is on social media, what they ate yesterday is on social media, how they don't wash their asses on social media. So if you think you could just say what you want to me about me, my family, or anything that I'm trying to build and think that you it's just that easy, bruh. No, 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 no. I don't know what black people you used to talking to, but I ain't the one. So you need to calm your ass down, do whatever they do, get some counseling, uh, get your podcast off the ground, because I'm pretty sure I just gave you some publicity. I ain't even say the name right. Um, so that's the last thing I'm going to say about that. Stay, stay out my mentions. You stay away from me and you stay away from talking about my family. And that's the last thing I'm fucking tell you. And that's the only that's the only one I'm going to give you. Most people has most people don't even get one. I'm going to give you one. So with that being said, that's right. The middle (laughs) finger. With that being said, I know you listening. Heed my damn advice. All right. That's it about him. But Reed, I want to talk to you about you know, the whole jealousy thing and how social media has um allowed people to just I don't know, man. You see it all the time. Like people just be saying some off the wall shit to people and they can do it behind a fake account and whatever it is. And I've often said I gave my idea of a show, a reality show where people say some real crazy shit and then you it's like cheaters almost. You look up where they gonna be at, and then you show up, and you be like, "My mama, what? Yeah. Say it now." <laughs> like I wonder, I just want to see the look on people's face when you show up at their job, wherever the fuck they at. Like you show up at the car wash, and you like say it again, and they like, "I, I, I, yeah, no, no, I, 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 I." So, what do you think about uh things like that, Reed, and when um how people talk to other people on social media now all right i'm gonna answer that in just a second first of all i have to apologize because i made a really shitty choice of words earlier and i got no text or no messages about this just as soon as it came out of my mouth i felt bad about it but when i said i want to string up howie roseman that was a really shitty i should have just said i want to smack him in the face or something but yeah string up oh that ain't shit that ain't shit to be talking that ain't shit to be talking about but i I don't feel good about that but you, but for and for people like, don't be jumping all in here, all in your feelings. Let me tell you something about this this guy right here. Straight up, dude. He, it, I mean, if he fucks up, he fucks up. He'll let you know. He'll get a shirt to you off his back. Like he didn't even have to say that. I didn't even realize it. But I appreciate you for saying that, Reed. But you ain't got to apologize. But go ahead, but go ahead with what you was gonna say. All right. So you know what it is, and I mean. I'm somebody who, I mean, I talk a lot of shit. Um, I think it's all in fun. I think anybody that's been following me for more than five minutes knows that. I'm not looking to meet anybody at the flagpole. I'm not looking to threaten anybody. And, I mean, I've been threatened. 
I mean, both in the DMs on the timeline, I've had my life threatened. I've had some little punk ass say, you know, when uh, when my homegirl had the Rona, he wished death on her. I mean, I've had all kinds of shit on there. And you know what? I just, I don't take it seriously because I've long held the opinion that you got to worry about the MF or the doesn't say anything the fool that runs their mouth they ain't gonna do shit so you mm-hmm. know what it's like if i get that kind of reaction out of you <laughs> that's on you because i'm just talking i'm just having fun i'm giving opinions and cracking jokes like everybody else on there and if i really have you that triggered that's a you problem and i mean mm-hmm. seriously seek therapy because it just it just ain't that serious and i mean i don't want to sound like that you know like our old friend, uh, I ain't going to say his name, but anytime he get called out on his bullshit, it's just Twitter. It's just Twitter. And then he'd put his rock oh. back on. But, um, <laughs> but um, you know, um, it's, yeah, it, it's just too damn easy to talk shit, you know. And I mean, what's the Mike Tyson quote? Everybody has a game plan until they get punched in the mouth. And that's the goddamn truth. And it's it's hard to get punched in the mouth when you're sitting behind your keyboard. And <laughs> chances are pretty good you're never going to run into anybody. But when you were talking about your reality show, wasn't there a ball player? I want to say an NBA player a few years ago. No. Somebody down. Zab Zuda. Oh, that's that. right. It was Zab Judah. That's right. Zab Judah, yeah. That's he showed up at a guy's job. Oh my God, I love that. That was one of the greatest damn things I've ever seen on social media. Oh and, Lord. And remember, he told dude, he was like, yo, take a break. And remember, dude was like, nah, I'm, I'm kind of busy with everything. His manager was like, no, you can take a break. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that was anyway, take a break. Man. That was the only time I saw a brother not want his lunch break. <laughs> he was like, nah, man, I got to stock these shoes. I like, like, man, I'm swamped right now. I'm like, I'm like up to my head and work. I can't leave right now. That was going, yeah. That that's the pilot for your show right there, man. If you want to pitch that show, you just show that damn clip and say, "We need more of this." <laughs> he showed up at my man's job, and my man was stuttering like he he needed Rose Rose Rosetta Stone, yo. He was like, he's like, ah, 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 ah. Like I'm telling you, I never see anybody not want to take their lunch break. No. <laughs> We've all been there. When it's time for your lunch, what are you doing? Oh, you man. You punching we... the hell out. You done. You already thinking like, man, I'm going to come up with an excuse why I ain't got to come back to this motherfucker. I'm thinking <laughs> like, I ain't. <laughs> like, I'm going to use something. Like, what can I say? No, I <laughs> used my mom died last week. I can't use that one. Like, I don't know what I'm going to use. Break Dude, they want to take his. Couple fake coughs and I got the Rona. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, listen. First of all, you know already, like, never in the history have I ever. I think it's been a lot of cases of people tearing their ribs trying not to sneeze in public. <laughs> <laughs> like, whoop, sir, are you okay? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, sir, are you okay? <laughs> Because <laughs> you know when you sneeze, people be like, people be already on the hotline with the CDC. Uh, oh, his brother just okay. sneezed at aisle three at Harris Teeter. He sneezed all over the bananas. And 
I think his nose running. We need to get him up out of here. So you know already, man, like people, and you know, people be playing on it or whatever, but it's no joke. You can attest to it. I can attest to it. A lot of my family has had it. Uh, my mama had it. Like, it's it's no joke. So, you know, when people are, um, like, if you think you can use that as an excuse to get out of work, like, it, the world has ways of making uh, fantasy a reality. So that's something you just don't want to use. Just go back to using the old excuse of, man, something came up. I can't come back in. Shit. Yep. <laughs> I mean, but don't don't use that. That's a pet peeve of mine. But <laughs> we, what I want to also talk to you about, like, we've been having this huge thing about sports and it being a distraction. Mm-hmm. And then you have the whatever crowd over here saying, oh, sports is too woke. Like, I don't want to watch that shit. I don't want to see Black Lives Matter on the court. I don't want to see uh, uh, equality and stuff like that on jerseys. I don't want to see kneeling, blah, 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 blah. This is my issue with the whole woke thing. Woke has become like a curse word if you don't want to go with the quote-unquote status quo. And it could be anything. Like, you could be woke on both sides. Like, uh, stupid. What's his name? The MMA fighter. Kobe. Whatever. What's his name? Kobe. Um, what's his name? What's uh, the Covington? MMA fighter? Covington. Covington. Yeah. He called out LeBron for being woke and standing up for things. What do you think you was just fucking doing, guy? You believe that the flag is this, the flag is that, you shouldn't do this. That's being woke. You have a belief and you want yours to be right, but you don't want these other players' beliefs to be right. So my issue with the whole thing is I think the NBA – did what they had to do because 80% of their workforce is the people that are having problems with everything that's going on right now. So if that's your workforce, you know, you got to kind of capitulate and you got to help them through it. You got to give them an avenue to release. But my thing is call me when golf does it. When, uh, when, uh, uh, Jim sassy pants, Kneels before putt. <laughs> That's when you got my eyes because those are the people that need to uh to say something or need to bring things to the forefront because who the NBA is catering to, we already gone through that. We know that. We know what's going on. The people that golf caters to, they can they can give a shit. They don't care. Like, NASCAR tried to do it, and you saw what happened. Like, homeboy was like, homeboy couldn't tell a noose from a damn, uh, from a garage opener. Like, first of all, how do you fuck that up? Like, you, you work in a garage all your life. You work around cars. You can't tell a rope that's used to open something? Like, I, like, if I see a rope right now with a circle, like, 
the first thing that ain't going to my mind is the damn noose. Like, dude went noose, and then they did this whole thing. They juicy Smollett the whole thing, and they kind of find out that shit was a, a piece to open a damn garage. So, when I get these these woke comments and stuff like that, I can see it from both sides. But in sports, is it a distraction? I'm going to say no. And I'm going to say, when has sports really ever been a distraction? Because it's really a microcosm of what's going on. It's always been a microcosm of what's going on. So what is your, uh, how do you feel about the whole woke movement in sports? I'm okay with it. I mean, I'm always okay with players given, uh, given the chance to express themselves. And I think you can find flaws in the way every league has handled this, including the NBA. I mean, I think the NBA has done the best job of the four sport, four major sports by far. Um, but I know some of the players had a problem with, yeah, we can put messaging on the back of our jersey, but you gave us a list. You know, it wasn't like – and I mean, yeah, you can't put any – there's certain lines you can't cross – but at the same time, it's like, don't give me a list of 20 of, you know, because, you know, it was 10 white guys probably sitting around in a boardroom with, OK, let's decide what's politically correct here. And, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, I mean, so I understood that. And I think that's part of why LeBron just said, F it, I'm just going to freaking put my name on the back and not bother. And, you know, mm -hmm. but you know what? They they were given the choice. And even, you know, LeBron and all the players, it was, hey. If you want to put messaging on the back of your jersey, you can. And if you don't want to, you don't have to. And I guess it's some, the only problem some of them had was that, you know, their choices were limited. Football? Okay, so you put some messaging on the freaking sidelines and, you know, on the goalposts. Who cares? You know, I mean, that what the hell did that accomplish? Nothing. I mean, that was just a hollow gesture. And that's what the NFL is good for. They've been doing that for years. Uh, MLB? I mean, there were some good stories out there, like the Dodger Giant. What I didn't like with the MLB when they had their latest set of canceled games was the inconsistency where, you know, some games went on and some games didn't. It should have been a league-wide thing, and that should have come from the players. It shouldn't have come, shouldn't have come from Rob Manfred because we know he's an idiot. But, I mean, once one game got canceled, the whole Players Association should have come together and said, hey, we're not going to play again until Saturday or whenever the hell we decide we're going to play. But it was a game-by-game -game basis, I mean, and it was uh, – I did love what the Dodgers and Giants did because um, they were getting ready to play right about the time the news broke. And Mookie Becks, he went in the clubhouse with the Dodgers, and he told his teammates, he's like, hey, I'm not playing today. If you guys want to go ahead and play, play. And his teammates, they had his back, and it probably galvanized that clubhouse – and to the Giants' credit, the Giants could have easily said, hey, Dodgers aren't playing today. Easy W. That's a forfeit. But our old buddy Gabe Kapler and the Giants, they went in their clubhouse and said, hey, Dodgers aren't doing it. We're not going to play either. It's not the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. And so both teams there, again, the players came together and you had that unity. I just wish it would have been league-wide instead of half the freaking games going on and have not. Because, honestly, it made the teams that went ahead and played – it's one thing the teams have played earlier in the day before the news broke. You know, you can't fault them. 
But the ones that went ahead and played that night, they looked like shit. Because it made yeah. them look like they don't care. <laughs> my, my brother uh, Black said, I've been woke since about 8.30 this morning. <laughs> 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 that makes sense. And I know. Also, him. Like, that's woke, woke for him. Yeah, that's woke, 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 woke. <laughs> and I'll say but, this. Um, I'll say this too real quick. It's been kind of uh, funny to me. The two team the two leagues that did do the bubble thing, that's been what worked out best. I mean, the NHL and the NBA had minimal problems. The NFL and the MLB, they insisted we got to play in our home stadiums. They've been the ones that have had the damn issues. They're the ones that are going out traveling and spreading it around. I mean, look at Kansas City. They played that Thursday night home opener. What was it? Within a week, they had positive cases from fans that were at that damn game, even with the social distancing. So, I mean, shit. <laughs> Listen, it's been like, um, I'm trying to think. Like, did you just see? Did you just see the tweet that uh, just happened? No. Wh- wh- It was uh, um, it was it was an issue with um it's this uh lady who says that she's at a um she's at the bubble right now in a player's hotel and she's like taking pictures and taking videos oh, okay. in the hotel room and I'm like what are we doing like like what are we doing here like I I don't I don't understand it. I'm trying to get it, but you can't wait. You can't handle your business. You can't wait till you're out the bubble. And now not only are you putting yourself at risk, you're putting other people at risk because you can't do the right thing. I know Lemon Pepper Lou. (laughs) Shout out to Lou Williams. (laughs) 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 My man. My man said he's getting wings. But you know what's funny about that whole situation? He ain't lying. Like, no. Wings at the strip club is very, very good. Very good. But we know, Lou, stop. Yeah. Like, why you ain't go to Wingstop? Like, some other local joint? Come on, man. Why, no. why, you, go, why you go to Chocolate City? You ain't have to go to Chocolate City for the Wings. No. Hey, remember... Stephen A. called this, and he caught a bunch of shit about it. He said, there's no way you're going to keep these guys in the bubble that long without weed and women. <laughs> and everybody well, gave Stephen shit a- about it, and he was right. <laughs> well, first of all, Stephen A. would know, because I don't care. Stephen A. can look button up as he want and try to come across as this intellectual. Like, do stay saying some grimy shit. <laughs> and you you just know he be in a strip club with those players. You know he oh, do. Yeah. Like, how else do you get your damn – I bet you it's just, like, an agreement. Like, yo, that's why every – you notice when some – like, when a player, like, try to say something, he'll be like, oh, you don't want to make an enemy out of me or whatever because he knows stuff. These people tell this guy things, and they know, like, if, if they ever mess up, like, he got them. Yep. So Stephen A be around here talking all that junk with that uh man. First of all, what kind you know who's the most underrated person in all the world? Hmm. Stephen A's barber. Like 
<laughs> like, dude legit been making money for 20 years to do nothing. To do, like, Stephen A. haircut looks like a fucking horseshoe. His outline is a horseshoe. Like, you ever seen his goatee? His shit is so thin. It's like magic marker. Like, I think I think his barber is like the emperor's new clothes. Like, he's telling him he's cutting his hair. And Stephen A's like, yeah, yeah, I do look good, don't I? He's like, yeah, absolutely. Brother, none of your clippers is plugged up. Did you cut my hair? Yeah, I cut them. I cut you, Stephen A. You look good, man. Yo, Stephen A goatee is so, it's so felonious. Like, he should go to prison. That's how bad his goatee is. And his barber, I think, owe him an apology for cutting that man hair for 20 years and not doing shit. Like, that's probably like $100,000 easy for not doing nothing. <laughs> like, when Stephen A sits in a chair and you like, the usual, yeah, and the barber leaves, <laughs> <laughs> that's when you know. My <laughs> oh. man Stephen A Oh, my God. Like, sometimes, like, sometimes I got to turn first take because I'm like, I'm looking at his goatee like, bro, your goatee don't even connect. So we know you ain't got no woman. Like, your goatee. Damn. My man goatee. <laughs> God almighty. And he be talking. I couldn't talk stole cash shit with a goatee like that, yo. Mm. <laughs> My my boy Black said that's what eight million a year gets you. Hell, my mine mess hell mess mine up too. Listen, eight million dollars, you can give me a felonious mustache too. Shit, let's call it a day. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, Reed, before I before you get off, I want to ask you about what has the pandemic? What is the pandemic? taught you about yourself and about others what have you what have you noticed more now than you did before okay well i'm gonna do uh i'm gonna be a bit of a hoe here for a second i gotta show mm -hmm. up, i gotta show up my t-shirt here i don't know if you can see it too well with the light but uh anyway yeah that's pretty good right there but that yeah, is good that is the late great uh frederick toots hibbert of Toots and the Maytals, who was one of many casualties to uh, COVID-19. He passed away about a week and a half ago. And if you're unfamiliar with his music, I mean, he had a good run. He made it to his late 70s and all, but still, he was a tremendous loss for uh, the reggae community and the music community as a whole. He's just, uh, it's just, uh, you know, the sad thing is his music is so upbeat it's the kind of music that can even make you feel good in 2020. I mean, the dude was just a warm soul. I saw him in concert about a half dozen times, just a wonderful man and a huge loss. So uh, that's why I'm rocking this t-shirt tonight. And uh, also right next to me here, we got uh, there. There's the real Prince blue t-shirt. Oh man. So uh, it's here. It's sitting here chilling next to me. I got to get that cheap plug in too, but um, no, <laughs> COVID-19 has, um, wow, it's taught me, well, it's taught me a lot about mental health to where 
I think even a lot of introverts and, you know, and I'm a guy that keeps to himself a lot, um, in spite of my Twitter account. Um, but, um, you know, it's just no matter how well you think you do on your own, when you basically can't see anybody and you can't do shit for an extended amount of time, it has a way of messing with your head. Um, it has further polarized our country as it's been politicized. Um, and you know, you got people calling it a hoax and then you have other people saying, yeah, well, just wait till somebody in your family, uh, ends up in the hospital or dead and then we'll see what you say then. Um, I just, I wish I, you know, you've seen a lot of cases of unity, um, I wish we were seeing more because that's one thing about this country and it's kind of sad. It takes a crisis to kind of, uh, to unify us. And in this case, I don't really think it's done that. I think it's unified certain groups, but it really hasn't unified us as a whole as much as I would have liked to have seen. Um, and don't get me wrong. There's been a lot of acts of generosity and I mean, it's, you know, it's not like it's just been one big shit show out there. But um, I think all of us have been affected. You know, I mean, I got my cheap plug in for a reggae musician, but, you know, I saw the man in concert. I never met the man. I didn't know the man. But I think I'm pretty damn sure. I mean, I know the two of us have and I'm almost positive that everybody watching and listening both now or, you know, if they listen later has been affected by it in some way. I mean, somebody, you know, some friend, some family member has had it. And, you know, and hopefully not too serious. Hopefully you, you didn't lose somebody. Hopefully you didn't come close to losing somebody. Because, I mean, I know, you know, I mean, you know, your mom had a real rough stretch with it. My dad, I mean, he had about three, four days where, I mean, I wasn't sure he was going to make it. And, I mean, that's heavy shit. And um, I guess it's been, you know, it's been a wake-up call for a lot of us, you know. I mean a lot of us were so comfortable in our way of life and it's just, it's turned that shit upside down. I mean, it's really sh shaking all of us up and, uh, and giving us a big reality check that, I mean, it, at the drop of a hat, everything can freaking change. And, um, so you got to be prepared and, you know, you, you got to be strong and you got to be ready and you just, you have to do the best you can for yourself or your people and for anyone else around you, you know, and, and that's been the hardest part. You know, I, a lot of people have said it before me, a lot of smarter people. But it's like, this is the time that where, I mean, people need hugs and shit during all of this. And they're telling us not mm -hmm. to touch each other, you know. It's kind of like, <laughs> god damn. Well, know? some people don't touch so, each other. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been... That's been my big take from it. I think more than anything, it's just been, I think, what a psychological mind F it's been for so many people. And and to the people out there that are feeling bad and feeling depressed, I would argue there's something wrong with you if you haven't been feeling depressed at least at times over since March. Because... It's effing rough out. I mean, there's enough bad shit going out, going around, uh, going on around in the world right now. And then you throw this shit in on top of it. I mean, people mm -hmm. Vietnam, we lost 58,000 and change in Vietnam. Is, you know, correct me on that if I'm wrong, but I believe that's about the number. 
we're up over 200,000 now on this. Mm-hmm. And I'm just talking United States numbers, but I mean, yeah, this, this shit is ridiculous. So that's, that's my take on it. Um, what I've learned, like, cause when this thing went down, the one thing I told me and my wife talked about this was a lot of people are going to find out if they really like each other or not. <laughs> I, <laughs> You see it like you got people that can't they finally realize like they don't like the way they significant other breathes, they don't like the way they chew, they don't like the way they blink, <laughs> they don't like their mom, they don't like this, they don't like that. And you saw people struggling when they actually had to be around each other, like they had to they couldn't go anywhere, like you have to actually talk and not just before you about to get it in, like you no, know, you have to talk like. Do you really have anything in common? Do you have, are you still going the same direction far as in a relationship or even as yourself? Like, have you done everything that you need to accomplish? Because remember, they always say, if the world ends, I did this. I wish I did that. Now you kind of got, whoa, if something really goes down, have I done everything that I want to do? Like, have I reached my full potential? So one thing about this pandemic has taught me is you got to always be looking to improve and know that ain't making money or improving in every sense of the word, mentally, physically, financially, spiritually, uh, sexually, whatever it is, be better, get better. Now I, that last one sexually has kind of been hard if you practice social distancing, but I'm talking about people that got somebody where they can practice and feel okay about it. Um, so my whole thing about the pandemic is do coming out of this, are you stronger or do you have more questions for me and mine? I feel stronger because um, I've gotten to be home. I've gotten to be with my babies. I've gotten to be home with my wife. I get to see, like, you know, nephew, you know, he never smiles. He he, do, he does smile. Like, <laughs> like, he follows me around. Like, we are so close that it's not even funny. Like, if I, like, I once walked around in a circle just to see, and he followed me in a circle. And that's stuff you can't get back. So if you got a chance and you can be with your people, do that. Spend your time with, with people wisely because you never know when you're going to lose them. You see, 2020 is a wash. I want it to be 2018, 2019, 2021, 2022. Look, who we, look how many we've lost. And look how many we're going to continue to lose. And I ain't just talking about celebrities. I'm talking about people that's close to us that matters that's really made an impact in our lives so coming out of this pandemic i'm not taking anything for granted anyone for granted like i'm going to enjoy this and speaking of being on a different plane and like being the last airbender we got my boy karate mark 
back oh, now. Brands, Chip, what's up, fellas? Hey, what's what's going up, on, man? Chilling, brother. Chillin'. Uh, I don't know if you just heard, but I just asked a question about um, what have you learned about yourself or about something else during the pandemic? What have you learned? I learned that Alicia and I have everything in the world that we need. We got a house. We got health insurance. We got life insurance. We got two cars. We got our health. <laughs> you know, we got everything in the world we need, for real. Um, Pre-COVID, we, we were looking into expanding our lives somehow. And whether it be investing, it, making more money and just taking the next step in life. And shit, COVID came around and, and, and we lost 70% of our current business. And when I realized we have everything in the world that we have, we lost all that business, didn't shut down, didn't lose a house, didn't lose the cars, the bills are still paid. So we got a major, major hit. But I learned that we got every damn thing in the world that, that we could possibly want to need. And when things go back to normal, put the cherry back on top. We get to go on vacation a couple times a year. I get to jump on a plane and, and, and be out and hang out with this one in a bathing suit. That's all right. <laughs> you had to throw that in there, didn't you? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, for those who don't know, man, Karate Mark is one of the most I want to say positive, like uplifting dudes, like you can ever talk to. Like it's I'll always try. a way to make it better with Karate Mark, and you need more people like that because the world is full of doom and gloomers and worst case scenario people. You need somebody in your corner sometimes. No, no, I don't want you to piss on me and tell me it's raining, but. I want you to be sometimes you got to be able to see the signs and lift and uplift your uh the people around you. If you see somebody not going not doing good mentally, you know, ask some questions. Like you never like I'm pretty sure y'all heard stories to where I think it was one story and I for, uh, forgive me, but it was a kid. He was about to legit go in and do a mass shooting. And somebody legit before he went in asked him, how was he doing? Is everything okay? Like, you know, just talking to him. You know, that kid decided not to do it that day. He decided not to do it. And that's and, and, and just simple. Hello. Like, lift your head up out your phone. Tell, t Say hi to somebody. You never know if somebody would say, like, I think, again, black people, thank you. We're so unique. That's why when all this COVID stuff started, we had jokes about black people don't catch COVID because universally, we didn't have to really shake your hand and say, what's up? We do. And we still do it. Like, you, if you're not in your phone, when you're walking past somebody, they'll be like, and you never know. That might trigger somebody if they take time out their schedule to just give you the head now. You just, like, whatever like some people legit get triggered by that so you know talking to people and just you know acknowledging other people exist there's other like twitter is not 
the whole world. Facebook is not the whole world. Instagram is not the whole world. Those thirsty simps in your mentions, they really don't wish well for you. They just, want, <laughs> they just want the discount for your OnlyFans. They don't really care how you're doing. <laughs> it's a facetious question. What's up, love? Good morning. He don't really mean good morning. He want, hey, Alicia, he wants the discount. It's Jeff Reader, <laughs> famous guy. You know what I'm saying? So, and like my uh, my sister Chante said, she said she definitely had to make sure her and Levi are good mentally. She got books and she write live, she write and live life to the fullest. You have to. This pandemic has showed you if you got any ideas in your head, explore them. Explore them. Like, goddamn it, if you wanna, if you wanna uh fly uh hot air balloons across the Atlantic, fucking look it up, Google it, <laughs> see if it's gonna work out for you. You know, sometimes just writing things down on paper or just exploring things can help you mentally. And I think during the pandemic, we need to really start doing that. Like Really start just going outside your comfort zone and doing things that may have been on your bucket list that you held back because you're busy out and about. or You got to work or you're going to the store, you're going to Walmart. Well, we can't do that as much as we want. So you're at home. Put a plan together. I mean, am I far off, uh, Mark, about, you know. Alicia's back here shaking her head. She goes, that's exactly what I just said under my breath. We got to be adaptable. If you didn't adapt to, to everything that happens, I mean, you're either six months behind the world right now or lucky for you. Hey, Mark, I don't know if you see that comment, but they said. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah. If you didn't adapt, my mom just called it her. Um, if you didn't adapt, <laughs> then you're, 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 fucking, you're six months behind the rest of the world or lucky for you you didn't have to some, some people like i got i got a friend who's in sales and, and just like mm -hmm. generic sales whatever he's sitting at home working a third of the hours he ever has and making 10 times the amount of money because now all the sales are just via internet so his adaptation was getting raised and working less hours he didn't have to adapt Good no, for him. We did have to adapt. We, everybody had to adapt with just. You had to adapt with not life. getting up and putting a tie on in the morning. No, right. But you still had to adapt to living this new world. But if you didn't have to come out of your comfort zone, if you didn't learn a new trade, if you didn't learn to, to do something new, like I just think I'd be so, I would be surprised for anybody who didn't learn something or didn't have to make a jump in life. I would like to meet that person. Yeah, I mean, cause I mean, look at me, like I'm, like I, man, listen, I was going to school, like waking up, playing video games. What's wrong with the vertical blinds, yo? Listen, I I wasn't gonna say no, but I ain't seen vertical blinds in years, yo. Mine go horizontal. Yo, they're, they're cloth. They're they're, like... they're cloth, bro. That. These fuckers are like the Gucci of vertical blinds. Uh, <laughs> First maybe of all, product. maybe not. Maybe product. <laughs> like, look, look, come on. Yeah. I haven't seen. 
And I haven't seen vertical out. blinds. I haven't seen vertical blinds Let's in so long. Oh, look. Let's at least get the whole. It's a nice door. Look at that door, yeah. Look at that. <laughs> and the vertical. First blind. of all, since your name is Karate Mike, I'm, I'm Karate Mark. I'm surprised that the blinds aren't made of plywood. Got, got a nice deck. <laughs> See? Ah. We got, we got the lit basketball court. Come on. Can't really see that right now. And get different blinds. Yeah. Who hey. knew blinds would be a subject? <laughs> hey, Richard said it's a nice door, too. Listen. Right, thank you. Thank you. It's a sliding door. Listen, I had to fully move out to get a sliding door. So. <laughs> I'll be joining y'all very shortly <laughs> with the slide door. <laughs> if I want anything in life, it would be a slide door. So, with that said, um, bringing door. that vertical blind game back. Let, listen, hey, listen, listen. I'm telling you, man. So, uh, Chip, I'm gonna start with you, Chip. Um, far as 2020 i know we say we want to watch 2020 what okay you can't say covid yeah you can't say the election what will you, what will you remember 2020 for um i just think this is going to sound just cheesy as hell but i mean I look at it as an opportunity for growth. I mean, I just, I think for everybody, like I said, I just think everybody was so damn comfortable. And for those that make the choice, I mean, it's, it's been a year full of adversity. And I mean, you can either, you know, freaking crawl into your freaking turtle shell and hide, or you can, I mean, and I mean, I'm not going to lie at first I did. I mean, this shit freaked me out. And, uh, but after a while, it's like, you know what? It's here for the foreseeable future. I'm not going to listen to the daily news. And, you know, it seems like every day they were telling you something different about it and, you know, and how you could catch it and how you could transmit it and when a vaccine's coming. It's like, I don't even care. I, don't, I hardly even check on that shit anymore. It's like, as long as it's here, I'm just going to make the best of it and I'm going to look for opportunities to grow, you know, and, and like we've been talking about, I mean, adapting i mean you guys just you nailed it i mean that was a great conversation because like i said this is an opportunity to, i mean to learn to do new things personally and professionally and to grow as a person and i mean and obviously you know survival is part of that and i know you told me you know don't mention COVID, but i mean i just but just overall as the year it's just i mean to me i just think it's been a difficult year for people but it's like you got to you have to take that and you have to channel it into something positive. And I'm not the most positive thinking dude in the world, but I mean, that's just, <laughs> I'm just no. saying, but, <laughs> but, but no, and I mean, so, so that's the way I look at, I mean, I'll just, let's just say, and I mean, obviously this isn't going to happen. Let's say we wake up on January 1st, 2021, and this shit is gone. If I don't feel like I've grown as a person, I wasted this shit. Because I made it through the year, and if I'm not any better, then I mean, then what the hell did I do other than freaking bunker down for nine, ten months and kill time? It's good shit. Yeah. Well, you gave us excellent uh, Tiger King uh, 
tweets. So that's what I'm gonna remember 2024. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody had a spiritual animal like Chip Reader said. It was just it was Twitter gold for you when Tiger King came out. You was just those tweets was just. By the way, he has a documentary coming up on ID channel. Ah, I'm I'm gonna watch. I have to because I damn Joe Exotic. But uh, Mark, same question for you. What what are you gonna remember 2024? I'm gonna go sports and I'm gonna go personal. Sports, I've never paid attention to coaches in my entire life. I've never ever paid attention to coaches. I believe coaches have a major responsibility of keeping a locker room together, controlling type one personalities and, and getting the best out of potential. They don't go on the court. They don't go on the field. They don't play between the minutes. They don't miss shots. They don't miss passes. They don't strike out. Coaches don't do any of these things. So I don't pay attention to them. I, I, I really don't. I, I think a coach is a bonus. And Brett and I, I was about to call him Chip. <laughs> Brett, and Co- <laughs> Brett and fucking what's his name? Peterson. <laughs> I was about to call him Reederson. <laughs> Brett and Reederson are the first two coaches in the history of my life watching sports that got me saying, this guy's losing games for our team. And I don't know how someone on the outside can lose a game on the field, on the court. And it's simply just substitutions, for example. Blah, blah, blah. Everything else that, that Brett is done with, you know I'm over Brett. But, like, fuck if, if Peterson just don't seem like he's doing kind of the same thing. Just basics. Who's on the field? Who you call and plays for? So I've never paid attention to coaches as much as I have in 2020. And on a personal note, I believe people either made good, good, good friends or peace out, our relationship is done. I I think 2020 showed a lot of what's inside a lot of people. Yeah. And that's what I remember about this year. Yep. Like 2020, I don't want to use the word divided. I think divided is just a negative word, but I think 2020 showed colors. It showed true colors. It it showed, all right, well, tell me what you're really feeling. Don't beat around the bush. I don't think anybody beat around the fucking bush this year. Mm -mm. And I think that in a positive and a negative way, people came up and spoke their feelings. Um, my brother Black brought up a good point. He said 2020 is definitely the year of the entrepreneur. And with that, I would say I will remember 2020 for creativity. Like a lot of the things that we that were normal and just a no-brainer, we had to find other ways to do it. Graduations, uh, award ceremonies, um, jobs. The first um, person to do the drive-by birthday was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. So it got annoyed as fuck. But are you going to sit outside of your house and be bothered about somebody celebrating someone else? Check yourself. Yeah. Check yourself. I definitely, I definitely will remember 2020 as the year of creativity and 
betting on yourself. Like we've just seen where income isn't promised tomorrow. What's your plan B? Like, can you go out there and generate revenue for yourself doing something else? Are you really happy doing what you're currently doing, making the money that you're making? It's, it could be great money, but are you really happy? So um, that's what I would think 2024, and we're coming up on up oh, an hour and 30 minutes went fast. So um, with that said, I want to say thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening again. I promise you it's just going to get better from here. I hope you like today's show. And as always, if you if you missed today's live stream, it will re-air tomorrow on lastoutmedianetwork.com uh, between 10 and 11. You can catch it there. Um, oh, <laughs> yeah. Shout out to everybody that's been buying the merchandise. I mean, I'm seeing mugs, stickers, magnets. You don't got no friends, Carl. Nobody likes Hoodies, everything. Uh, my lips look real greasy on some of the shirts, but that's okay. Uh, look like I'll be licking my lips like LL, but that's all right. Um, shout out to everybody, Mark Reed. Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, I love you both. Uh, I'll yep. be talking to you real, real soon again. And as always, just um, stay real, stay genuine, stay safe, be yourself, be honest. Um, one thing you never want people to, uh, hold against you is that you're not honest. And that's all I have for today. I will see you guys. You guys stay on stream. Don't go nowhere. Cause I'm gonna talk to you some more, but to all my listeners be out, shout out. You'll find me everywhere. Be good. All right, y'all. Good night. Good night. Good night. Peace, y'all. I'm going to give me some exit music, too, yo. Word up. <laughs>